Welcome back. You're listening to Anything We Want podcast, and this is episode four with my guest Bernadette Bruckner. We talked about COVID in this episode, so I just want to put another warning, even though it's in the title, that this might not be the happiest topic. We more discussed discussions that were opened up by the pandemic and the way it's affected social interaction. So not really going in depth about how just tragic the illness itself is. So if you're fears or stress or anxiety surrounding COVID or about the health aspect, we didn't touch on it too much. We did mention some things, obviously, you can't take this topic with only a lighthearted approach, but we went more from a social science perspective or maybe a commentary of changes in society, not necessarily focusing on loss or symptoms. So if you're anything like me and that's exactly what affects you about this subject, but find it comforting to see that things did change and sometimes in a positive manner, you will still enjoy this episode. I just want to add one more time before we get into it that if this is not the right day for you to be listening to something about a pandemic that we're still fighting, maybe just be kind to yourself and keep that one for later or never. That's fine. It's not an episode for everyone because I don't want to have heavy topics all the time, but I will say as much as the conversation was, believe it or not, fun and enjoyable and hopeful, honestly, it still is a a heavy topic that we begin with because most of the conversation did surround COVID in the end. That being said, let's get into it. I hope you still enjoy it. I'll catch you at the end with some updates and more talk about the podcast itself. I will let Bernadette introduce herself and let's chat. Hello, hello, hello. I'm from Austria and my name is Bernadette Bruckner. And I'm actually coming from the countryside. uh, And I grew up in a bakery. And um, I still remember when I was a kid, um, I was sitting in in our cafe. We had a bakery and a cafe. And I was sitting to our customers and I was just listening to them and their stories. And and they, they were talking to anything what they want. Most and that's what we're doing. Yes, that's what we are doing. The interesting part was, and I don't know how it's in your country, but in Austria, we love complaining. Oh, yeah, the French too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, most of the time, the stories were actually sad stories. They were oh. stories and memories. Um, I mean, um, also from, from war times, of course, and, and post-war times and uh, losses and all the other things. And since childhood, I always wanted to take away their pain. And this is probably one of the reasons why I became a coach and my my biggest dream is becoming a family therapist, but working in this field. I always wanted to take away the pain. And as child, I think it's just normal with children. They just wanna wanna, uh, support uh, the other ones and and to do uh, unconditional loving. And this, this, this was so interesting because I still remember so many clients, so many customers back then only because I listened to them. Until today, even when I'm in, in, uh, in big cities and sitting in, in the public transportation and the people see me, they begin to talk with me. People Is are it, just drawn. Yes. And, yeah. and for some reason, and it's most of, I don't know how, how to say it, but they, 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 they don't talk about, you know, uh, gossip stuff or something like that, but very tough stories. And, and, um, and also, uh, I, I still have no idea why they are doing it. So something, they see something in me. But it, uh, today, of course, when I work in this field, I see this blessing that the people can open up because it's not... Um, I don't know how many people do you know where when you see them or next to your very close and best friends where you truly can talk about everything without any that that they complain about you or judge you for example yeah it's true there isn't that many people for each person so for for people to come up to a stranger it's i don't know they're gonna probably feel that you're listening and that you care yes 
and and this is uh, um i don't know in austria we are very catholic and you you can go to the church and can uh tell everything to your uh to your priest but this is not uh, it, it's not the same it's not <laughs> you you still feel guilty when you tell them something and then you have to pray um and and then you you're away of from the sins and something like this one but it's not the same and and especially in times like this um i'm now doing a free work unpaid work and only to listen to other people it it's it came uh, it's called i don't know in english but i i will i will do my best to translate it in the meaning we call it plaudertischel so that means for example when you sit in a coffee that you chat with other people and chat about anything you want <laughs> <laughs> and and it's interesting because in time like this where a lot of people were in lockdown and and had had, had no one to talk uh it they it it we have regularly uh people coming to them because we do it virtually and we are strangers at the beginning and at the end of of the hour because it's always an hour you you truly talked about meaningful stuff and this is this is just beautiful i think uh communication uh is so much more um than of course the language so much so much yeah. more than only uh words and yet they're so powerful and and only when you know that there are people out there who where you get the feeling that they take care of you is something like in times we have at the moment very very priceless yeah the link connections is something that i think a lot of people missed not just having the connection we have already with people because you know we were on lockdown away from loved ones but building new ones finding new people and meeting new friends and making connections with strangers i think it's a lot of people miss that or missed it at the time and now it's a lot of countries aren't in lockdowns anymore and it's hard to go back to just chatting to random people i think we became more more socially awkward i think it's really <laughs> great to have those kind of spaces to keep doing it <laughs> and, and, and i think the the value of of uh, having the space to talk to each other and whatever is coming up at the moment became way much more seen and and appreciated in times um uh, with covid-19 i think before it it was not so not so it was yes we have it and we had a little chat and and uh, small talk but not so meaningful um times where people truly talk about their feelings emotions fears and for me it's so interesting because since covid-19 i made so many connections virtually globally on such a meaningful level this was this was incredible for me this experience it's still because we we all had now something common and th this common part was actually the virus yeah i i saw some people say Uh, that in a way it was comforting when all countries were trying to take the like more similar measures and now that it's all like spread and different it's a little more isolating that some countries are still the only ones in their area who are on lockdown and some countries are opening travel and some are closing it and i saw a lot of people on social media talk about how it was kind of comforting when everyone seemed to be doing the same thing because it felt like everyone was trying and everyone was going through the same thing and so we were isolated but we were doing the same and we could talk about it with just people from anywhere mm -hmm. I, i don't know um i don't know as a new country we we have a special constellation at the moment in austria let's say it this way it's kind of interesting because uh they the people the unvaccinated people are still in lockdown till uh next tuesday and so many people want to go back what what they had before covid-19 and i'm like is it actually still possible yeah it's truly a shift in in awareness a shift in the way we think and act at least i hope so did we learn yeah. something did we learn something from from the um from the um uh, pandemic or not 
and and this is this is uh, what what becomes for me because I'm totally into psychology and also in group dynamic and all all those topics. Um, and this is something what what I'm truly curious for the next month. What what was so good? So many people talking about the good old times, but yeah. was really was it really that good? Because in Austria there were so so many were complaining about stuff. What was so 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 meaningless, so pointless. Now we had this time of crisis. I saw so many. I talked with so many people that how grateful they are. For example, having time now in the nature. The last yeah. two years in summer, we had beautiful summer. So many people were in the nature out there, and there was a, was a shift in in be, be, being more grateful, appreciate the small things, and yet you saw also the other very interesting that people compensate with alcohol, with buying too much stuff, and 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 also domestic violence raised and and and. But on the other side, there were so many people who were grateful what they had, also support, they support each other um, or became bigger or a bigger meaning. And this is so interesting to see what happens with people when they actually getting stirred and shake, truly shake in their beliefs and in their values and in their habits. Yeah, I think it, it really shows that community and communication and contact is so important because a lot of people um, were feeling grateful for alone time, for time in, nat in nature. But then when it's too much, when it's not a choice anymore to have alone time, it's you're lonely and it's the people who started bad habits or buying too much stuff or feeling really sad. And it we just need a balance. And if we go, we, I don't think we can go back without like now that we know how it feels to all be isolated and it would feel a little bit meaningless to like for from I'm gonna take my own example, the the job I do right now. I can't see myself doing that by going in in person every day because so many times I can it can be done in an hour at home and then I can hype my free day. Mm -hmm. But if there wasn't lockdowns and everything like that, they would just tell me, well, just come in the whole day and then I lose so much time and I lose connections with close people because I have less time. People gain more time with their families, some of them by working from home, but then others, like I think parents who are alone at home with children, you can't focus on the kids and on the work. So they would have needed community to help. And I think if everyone had community in those times, we would all benefit from, you know, the, the alone time, the time in nature that mm -hmm. you talked about. Now that we now that we know that, I don't know how much we can go back to what we think we call normal, but I don't know if it's. But isn't it interesting? Also, in the in uh, in so many areas in our living, there will be huge shifts, only because of COVID nineteen. And um, I I'm I'm actually coming. My background is actually health management, public health, health management, and also corporate health. And when we when we looked at this one, it was like for COVID-19, home office was like, yes, you are allowed having one day, maybe two days in a month. Then we got forced for home office. And we many recognized what what changes in their living and in their quality of life became home home office. Yeah. And now we should go back to normal. No way. There were even changes um, that uh, companies um, decreased the hours of work with the equal pay what they had before. So that that there there was there was so many times before COVID nine there was a couple of topics who were totally in. One of them was was regarding resilience and also new work style. But the changes didn't happen. The changes happened with COVID-19, but in such a fast way that it became kind of the new normal. Yeah, and that's really interesting. Yes, I don't know. How, I always say I don't know how it is in your country, but in in our country, we we truly got aware of what it means. I, I had home office, by the way, before COVID-19 already. 
So there was no no true change in it. The only change what I had or experienced was I was I couldn't uh, travel anymore. For COVID, I was traveling a lot, and mm. I saw how much how much time. It sounds not weird, but how much time I saved, not having the pleasure of traveling, and but being with my family. And this was this was for me like I think I was never that long um, at ho at home in Austria <laughs> without any traveling. And at the beginning, it was like, ah, I can make it. I have so many good experience about traveling, so I have really good copy strategy and all the things. That's okay. After the, in the third lockdown, I was like, I want to travel. <laughs> I, I, it was so interesting. I I took I I grabbed every single travel magazine what is possible only to look them through, only to get, I know, I will I will travel after COVID, I will travel there, 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 there. <laughs> as, as a form of coping strategy, by the way, uh, to, to handle, to be more resilient in, in these times. And now we have the fourth lockdown. I became way much more uh, chilly. And I was like, yeah, I like the traveling. It was nice traveling, but I became a little bit more lazy to travel. <laughs> I really want to travel after COVID-19. I don't know. It's so comfortable here. <laughs> and it's like me and not traveling. This is like in the last 30 years, it's nah, that that's not normal. And this is this is so interesting that how something what affects us for so long influences our behavior, our thinking, our beliefs. And also seeing, uh, of course, both sides um, of what something what totally pleasured us before is not that important anymore. Yeah, it's really interesting how much it changed. And like, so you you talk about public health management. Do you see like that happening? You know, a new normal in public health management, and not in just personal lives. Is that happening as well? Like. On bigger scales, um, I, I have to commit now. Uh, um, um, the, the, the time what we had experienced the last two years was the best field research for my PhD. My PhD is in the field of health framing and how health is communicated in different ways. And um, there are a couple of things what I experienced. On one thing. Um, the communication in mass media and also politics was a loss framing. So many, many people out there um, have fear now to be too close to you, to uh, uh, touch you only because of the fear to getting ill. And on the other side, I even heard it today in, in the TV, a lot of people become way much more aware uh, about uh, health promotion about how to take care of your own in your health. Not um, also uh, truly not only depend on doctors, what they are saying to you. Uh, so regarding the compliance, but also to to question what other people are telling you about health. And for me, of course, it's more than it's wonderful that people are looking up, uh, for themselves and taking care of their health, their body health and mental health, by the way. Yeah. Um, and also looking, uh, also become to, to question what they believe it's 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 the truth about health and being critical what other people are telling you what what studies uh, that you that you get way much more uh, critical about studies and and what is what is a good way to maintain your health or not this is in my opinion something very positive and at the moment because i'm also a trainer for uh, people who want to be to work in the in the health field as fitness trainer or a nutrition trainer and other things and i always tell them we are now in the best age because we are we are we be, we are in in the uh, digital health age and also in the in the health age, and this is just beautiful. This is something what what we when I studied we always dreamed of <laughs> health promotion. 
so that people are truly looking uh, for their health and not uh, when they are ill, but uh, being uh, in the preventive health. And now we are in the middle of a revolution in the field of health. And even, and this sounds a little bit weird now, but in times, in the COVID-19 time, obesity raised um, or eating disorder became a truly a huge topic globally. Also on the mental field, we have more than ever uh, regarding uh, suicidal attempts, also domestic violence. So maintaining or looking for you and, and having resilient coping strategies and, and building up resilience and also health literacy is more than necessary for preventing what we uh, perceive at the moment. And there are a lot of studies out there regarding also children and, and young people, how they got depressed and also regarding suicide. So in my deepest belief is we have to do a lot of work in the mental health field. And of course, also raising uh, the health literacy. How can we stay uh, health and maintain our health? So it's been raising like awareness on so many different topics then because of things that just came to light that people weren't paying attention to before as much. Is it is it that we didn't pay attention or is it like our body works till till we we get it till we get ill? Oh yeah. I I it was last year was a health conference and there was a person saying and he has uh, three doctors and he said health is the second grade. Health is just there. But the, the, the meaning, the why that we work, we do something for our health is not because we want to stay healthy, but be, because we want to experience something, we want to travel, or we want to do this and this and this and this. That's why this is our motivation that we stay healthy. Isn't that interesting? Most of the people out there uh, begin to be interested in their own health on body and mental level when they are actually ill or when their intrinsic motivation is something else that they have to stay healthy to, to achieve this kind of intrinsic motivation. Yeah, I've seen that a lot with, well, with COVID, with people being scared of getting COVID, not because it's a, a tough illness and with vaccines, we're less vulnerable to it, but it's still, you still get sick. And it's not because of that. It's because, well, if they're sick, it's going to fall right on their weekend of traveling. So that's not going to work. And it's so weird because before with like a regular cold or a little flu, you would still push and go traveling with it. So it's not, yeah. people can't, they're scared of getting sick because the regulations obviously are made to not spread the virus. So you're not allowed to travel when you're sick. And so people are starting to realize that also going to work sick used to be normal. And now yeah. it's, it's, it's good that we've discovered that maybe it's not a good thing to come into work sick and make everybody else sick. And I don't know how it is in Austria. We do have sick days, but there's countries where it used to not even be a thing to not come to work if you're sick. Mm -hmm. And we're discovering that, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that. It's really interesting because we should have known that before, but it's because of other motivations now that we are realizing it. I think I think it's 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 a good um, a good direction because like me I'm 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 a very healthy person. I don't drink any alcohol. I do I do my sport. Have really a good uh, nutrition uh, except mom's uh, cakes at the moment since COVID nineteen <laughs> is making way too much. But the interesting part is that I, even I'm getting aware when, when I don't feel well before COVID-19, I would just go on, doesn't matter, because I have a really good immune system and maybe one day then it will go away again. But uh, at the moment, when I, I feel that I'm working again too much and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm tired of all the things, I just stop it. So inner values or inner imprints we're changing. And this is, of course, you can, they can change in both sides. There are a lot of people who became uh, alcoholic out there, drug addicts, way much more, way, way too much in my opinion, but yes, it is what it is. 
but also on the other side that people became aware that um, common sense or, or things that were so common before are not, uh, they were shifting, shifting in perception, shifting in saying no, and also um, rethink the values what they uh, would grow up with. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, it's creating some change. And there is definitely negative change with because of isolation and people being scared and stressed. But I think the people who are doing better, it just shows that we can do it and we should put more effort towards that as a, as a global society because we can do it because some people are just becoming more aware and more... Yeah, you talked about uh, uh, literacy, about health. They're just learning more about how to really look at health in different ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have seen some scary takes on health. You know, people doing weird things to um, taking dangerous medication that they think protects them from COVID or mm -hmm. trying to remove the vaccine from the, their arm. <laughs> I don't, mm -hmm. So sometimes I feel a little hopeless reading those sorts of articles, you know, oh, people think this horse medicine can remove the mm -hmm. vaccine from your body. It just really mm -hmm. sounds silly. But on the other hand, there's the opposite happening too with, with people learning more. So I guess we, yeah, we're not doing that, that bad. <laughs> I, I try. You are actually the first one where, where I, I say that what I'm saying right now. I truly believe that COVID-19 raised the health literacy in all directions tremendously. And most of the people I learned it because I learned it in studies how to how to read um, uh, how to read uh, uh, the studies how to read also all the recept uh, recipes of medicaments and all the things. But not a lot of people. Had, had the possibility. If we would raise this one, people could choose differently because most of the time people are choosing out of fear, out of, of um, not knowing enough and out of trusting another person and not trusting themselves. How does it feel like when I take this kind of medicine or uh, take something else? Yeah. And... For me, it's like all the people are telling me so much stuff about nutrition, but between knowing something about a subject and implementing and also choosing if, if this, what they are reading is correct or not correct, and also choosing how to implement it in their daily living is a huge difference. I see it at most, for years I see it in the field of nutrition. Now, of course, it became a different dynamic because of different... <laughs> a fuse about alternative medicine, a different fuse about alternatives in, in how to handle uh, the virus or how to handle the information, what they get about something. This is something actually not new. With COVID-19, it became way much more visible to, to the media and, and also to social media. Um, but this is not, I still remember, there are so many, when I only think about cancer, when you, when you think about cancer, there are so many, on one side, medical solutions and, and methods and, and, and also therapists. And also on the other side, in the alternative medicine, there are also so many different ways how to handle what is about cancer. Is there anything out there really the ultimate solution? No. And this is, this is something what I learned the most from can cancer patients. Um, it always is also very crucial if you believe in this kind of therapy and believe in this kind of method, believe in this kind of person or not. Yeah. And, and also, um, this is something what I'm actually doing with my coaching therapy style is to look on the origin why, uh, for example, people getting ill from something and other people don't. And even we, we know it actually in the field of resilience of the copy strategies that you can put people in the same situation, but they act differently on it. And it always roots us in the way how we, how we grew up, how we uh, learned something, 
and how we perceive something. For one person, it can be the, the totally, I don't know, like, for example, the lockdown. I'm an introvert person. For me, the lockdown was, okay, we have the lockdown, that's it. For an extrovert person, it was like the nearly, I don't know, the, uh, it, it was like the world, the world is exploding or <laughs> breaking down or something like that. So they, they became very emotional about it. Yeah. So they perceive it in a different way. And the same is also how you perceive information. When I saw everything, all the suggestions and solutions about uh, COVID-19, I was I, I I was looking at it. I was like, okay, let's let's check it. What is going on? I see it on, on the on the scientific part and also um, on the emotional part and all the things. It's a lot of fear that I mean. Yes. I I've de I developed a lot of fear around COVID, but more more the opposite. I just I, I kind of at some point became really upset when someone wasn't fully wearing their mask entirely correctly or not like. We're in conversation and they tell me, oh, yeah, I was with my cousin yesterday and he was coughing so much. That would just make me really angry. But then I just have to realize it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Um, it, people have to respect each other. But I just, I just know in a different situation, I wouldn't be that upset. It's a lot of fear that builds up. And I can kind of see the opposite because a lot of people started doubting what the public health message was when because we didn't know people are not used to science not knowing yes so when scientists said one thing and then another a lot of the public interpreted that as lies and it's a lot it's very scary that people might might think that that every science is lying mm -hmm. but i can i can see how it happens depending on how you're raised depending of how if you were already in doubt People got really scared and some of their reactions, I just, I don't even want to understand, but I can, I can see how it's so unusual for science to say, hey, we don't know, we're figuring it out. Mm -hmm. There's one thing what makes me sad actually in, in uh, since two years, it's not possible anymore to, to talk to each other in a normal way. We are allowed to have different views. We are allowed to, to have, uh, to think about in different ways uh, about uh, different about it one topic and that we I don't know sometimes you have the feeling we never learned how to argument we never learned uh, how to debate in a in a fruitful and also in a very respectful way and I see it clearer and clearer regarding this topic who in which society are we that debating and arguing on on eye level and on on a respectful level is not possible anymore. And this is actually something what scares me and makes me sad. Yeah, it's a lot of, of fear just makes us be impatient, probably. But I think we've also made it like a, a shame. It's like you did something wrong if you caught COVID. Because it's it's so scary to spread it to someone else because of how how long it's been since we're trying to get rid of it. If I get COVID, somebody's gonna be upset at me. Because if you put someone in contact with COVID, I don't recall anyone get it get, getting mad at me for giving them my cold that I didn't know I had when I came into class or work. Mm -hmm. But with COVID, it's so it's we're so scared that people get mad if someone accidentally like didn't know they were sick and gave them COVID. So it's, I don't know, the fear is just doing weird things to social interactions, I feel. I truly believe that we are in an age or that we civilized, let's take it this word, that I can choose on my own. In Sweden, they had a different strategy regarding COVID-19. And a lot of people, I, I still remember, there were so many uh, complaining about the, the, the Swedish way. And yet, when you see the, the statistics, there is some something right what they did. And what they did is actually that they trust the public, the people, that they are old enough to make good decisions for their health, 
and also in solidarity for the other ones. Why is it not possible in other countries? For example, in Austria, our, our economy, especially the, the, the tourism, is broken. And it's so much broken that I'm not quite sure that the next years, five to ten years, that we can um, recover from this broken economic. So my question always is, when someone is telling me, and sometimes I'm so uh, lost in my thoughts that maybe the, the mask is not on the on the right place, and it's totally okay when people are telling me that, especially, in, that's the most interesting part, especially in Vienna. Um, but for me, it's just weird that another person is coming to me and wanna wanna tell me what I should do only that they feel safe, and I I I'm still a very a, a person who who trusts this. the other person that the other person knows it way much that the other person knows it the best for themselves and makes the best decisions. This is this is sometimes where I begin. A little bit, I'm still, I'm a very positive person, but sometimes a little bit, I think, I'm not quite sure if 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 the grown-ups are truly, you know, that they have the intelligence to choose really good decisions for themselves. And want to tell other ones what are good decisions. And this is something weird for me. <laughs> is there, is there, um, I mean, I don't know if you if you know much about the, the Swedish health system, but would it would it have worked in other countries? I mean, I, I'm sure it's very different. I'm sure there's differences in the way they perceive health mm -hmm. be yeah. before, yeah, before COVID, how they handle health in that country being different from another country, how that would make people react differently. Because I feel like in France, people would not have cared about each other that much if it wasn't mm -hmm. enforced. Because mm -hmm. it didn't work when it was enforced. It's it's not working. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's a result of because it was enforced immediately as like punishing, people didn't want to do it because they didn't see the real reason behind it. They just felt, oh, I'm being punished because I'm not following the rules. That's not fair. Instead of seeing why it was enforced. So I don't know if it comes from the way it was done or if it's because as an example, friends in Sweden are already so diff different pre-pandemic mm -hmm. in their mm -hmm. framing of health that it would just not have worked. I don't know if, if we need to know more about each country's mm -hmm. health system to, to say that, but... I, I checked the healthcare systems uh, with my master thesis, and yes, they're yeah. But it's not only about the healthcare system, about, it's about the way they think as society, and yeah. that's a difference. I still remember in my uh, in my studies, we always look to the to the Scandinavian countries because in in the field of public health, in the field of of health management, they are ahead of us. And and especially now, uh, because one of I'm one of my dearest teacher, I'm still in contact, and he was very active during COVID nineteen time, and he gave us a lot of studies and also with his expertise on it. You truly saw that, that the people there had a different society system and also different beliefs, not only in, in child caring, but in many other areas, that this was possible, that they gave them the freedom or the space that they make their own decisions. They also have health experts in there. And when we, we were truly discussing what would it be also possible in Austria having, having like this kind of regulation what they had in Sweden and we looked at each other and we said no <laughs> <laughs> because when you see it uh, in historical way and also seeing the regulation what we have in the in the politics and also the other discussions and and the different systems we are in in the school system healthcare system political system there has to be so many changes till we get in this area of field that we can trust the people that they don't need any punishment, as you said, but that they understand the reasons behind. That's why I always say we have to raise the health literacy. We have to, to, to raise that they, they see the benefit 
of taking 100% of self-responsibility in the way of acting, in the way of living, in the field of health and all the other areas. I'm really interested in that because my degree is in sociology and anthropology. So, and my favorite topic when I started was the way we're socialized as kids and <laughs> how we grow into or out of that socialization. That was my favorite subject when I started. So I find it really interesting to talk on a more global scale because, you know, I studied in France, so we mostly studied how different groups, like social groups are socialized, but we didn't really look at how we're socialized in France and how they're socialized in another country and how that might look like. So I, th I find it really interesting the way that each country reacted differently to something global because we usually don't have that big of a comparison to go off of. But now we have, we have something that everybody went through, but somehow everybody reacted differently in a, in a, I mean, in a, in a sad and weird way. Social scientists had a field day with that. What I perceive since COVID-19 more than ever, and that's why I always said uh, this is the best research field for, for my PhD, is the, the sick systems become visible where the illnesses of the systems become way much more visible. For example, in Austria, we have we have so huge problems um, regarding uh, people who are working in the healthcare system uh, to find people there because either they are burnout or they don't have the skills for it or, or they get very uh, bad paid. So we have a lack on that. And, yeah. and this is, this is, of course, something what is not good for the whole healthcare system. What I did, the, I'm, I'm a speaker on many uh, international conferences and they're all virtual now. So we have the room where I can ask the people, what can we change or which changes are necessary um, to have a sustainable healthcare system, a sustainable school system and also political system, of course, what is actually necessary. I also did um, a survey, a global survey, um, for my PhD in, in, in asking what, how, can, how can the healthcare system of the future look like? And we, most, at least that's an Austrian thing, we, we complain a lot. But when I ask them about solution, when I ask them, okay, what would you change out of it? Or how can we change it? Most of the time, you don't get any information. And I'm like, but we are now in the best times to truly make profound changes in systems. But which changes are true uh, as possible and also sustainable? Because when you look on, on different systems, especially and, and um, when you see in the healthcare system, most of the time, the reason why we have the system we have at the moment is not because they care about people, but because it's of money. Yeah. And the, and the origin um, or the, the basic intrinsic motivation has to be changed so that we also can change systems. Yeah, we've seen that in, in France as well with healthcare workers in the first lockdown being like the heroes but it was really you could you could still feel that they weren't going to be the heroes for very long because everybody would go out their window and clap for them and then they just they didn't get paid anymore they were burnt out they didn't get any more material any more resources yes. and they also don't make it any easier to get out of medical school like they they filter a lot how many people can get in medical yes. school and then at the end, even if everyone is really good that year, there's still only a set amount of people who will pass. But we, we need people in the medical field. So then we should allow more and we don't because then we have to pay them. And it's just, I'm sure they've been saying it for years and we're only now noticing because it's affecting everyone and because it's every single hospital screaming for help. So now we're seeing it. And now that it's exposed, we can't go back to before because now we know it's not working and we can't pretend it does. But that's the key. We cannot pretend anymore. Yeah. And and I think more than ever, it's necessary to, 
to um, stop the pretending, to put away the mask that every that that shows that everything is okay, but inside it's not. And when you begin to open up and say, yes, there are problems. We actually have huge problems. And and no one wanted to touch them because they are huge. Now we have to. And um, for years I say it's more than necessary. And now we are we are I don't know how to say it, but we are actually smashing into a vent to a wall. And we cannot break through this wall because this wall will build up so huge that we either um, create something totally new to make the old one obsolete or we have to fix the old system in such a profound way that we have to begin from the scratch again. Yeah. It doesn't look like you can just fix it with a little bit of tape anymore. It's going to fall apart if you do that. But isn't it, but for me, it's like the most exciting times we can create completely new. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, it should be. It should really it should be. be. A, yes, it should be. <laughs> yeah. Now that we've seen what doesn't work, we can think of what will work, but we're trying to be stubborn and keep the one that's not working, apparently. Yes, over and over again. And and they're so enthusiastic. Sometimes you, you have the feeling they're totally enthusiastic and still doing it. Yeah, if there's and no I, other way. Yes. And I'm, 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 I'm true. I'm actually a very active person. But since I think since the second lockdown, I became totally passive. Because I'm looking yeah. at it and I'm like, can't you see it? Don't you want to see it? Or do you have to break down completely the whole system that you maybe see it afterwards? We are actually in the phase three in Austria. Because more and more you see, even in the mass media, it tells us that the people are not there anymore. That we have lack of people in tourism, in health, and, and also in school. Yeah, so it should be pretty visible at this point, right? Yes, and I'm, I'm still an, it's, maybe it's an, an Austrian um, coping strategy. We, we, um, I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting. And, and um, I have no idea what I'm waiting for, by the way, but I'm still looking at it and I'm like, okay, these guys get paid totally. Is that, is that actually the reason why they still go on with the old stuff? And what do we need or who do we need to build up something completely new. And this is actually a couple of questions what, what I'm what I'm philosophing for for some weeks already. <laughs> <laughs> it's really tough to to try to you know say hey we need new solutions and then someone comes up and say well what solution and then I I, just, I I would blank I don't know but but we do we do need something. I'm sure there's people who are making um suggestions out there in the in the medical field and I just don't know enough about but I'm sure there's people who have alternative plans that we could try out there is one saying as more as you know you more know that you know nothing yeah and and this is something yeah this guy was right back then <laughs> <laughs> and yet is such a huge chance that's why I'm so so interactive with so many other people, especially in 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 conferences from around the world. I was last week in a conference where we uh, people were from thirty countries, wow. and, and we're just asking them how how could we how, which kind of system do we need in the field of school, in the field of health, with your experience, with your expertise, what do you have to to get all the different views and answers. Because I truly believe we can not one person can build up systems, but many, 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 many. Yeah, we need and, a lot of people. Yes. And and bring our our expertise, our brain, our knowledge together and and just see what what see the chance together how to create something completely new. 
without, I mean, did we ever learn from history? Yeah, sometimes I wonder. <laughs> yes, yes, me too. I'm wondering all the time. Um, and maybe we, we, we learn from history. And with this knowledge, how would we create systems completely new today? In Austria, we have a school system from a person who was 200 years ago in Austria. I think it's time to create a new school system. Yeah, and we can't keep doing the same. If we, we change, so things have to change with, with our lives. Yes, and, and the system should be agile. It should um, just be as flexible as um, the situation is and still profound in, in, the, in the frame. But which kind of frames do we need? These are, I'm serious, this is a question what, what, what I'm discussing with so many people for months, even with one of my dearest university professor, and we have different views on it. And I, I highly appreciate that that is still talking to me, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and this, is, this is what I'm saying. It's necessary to, to debate, but appreciate each other and acknowledge that we have different views on, on one topic. Because out of this one, where the appreciation is the, the basic, we truly can create and build up new systems. And this yeah. is something what I'm wishing us all globally, that we understand going into discussion with another person or debate with another person, that it's good that, some, that we have different views on something, that we go out, 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 of, out of our world of thinking, and also getting uh, innovation and impulse, which can create way much more. Yeah, that's what that's how we gain more insight and ideas in science and in politics as well. And we just need discussions. Have you had so we can bring back a, a hopeful note for the end? Have you had propositions in those conferences that were interesting or or that you thought, yeah, that might work, or, oh, that's really news. What did people bring up that, that you liked in those conferences? I'm, um, I'm writing on a book uh, regarding a complete new view on a healthcare system, but I'm basic on salutogenes, on, on preventive uh, health. And what, what my insight was is, and this is truly a hope for me, is that many, many people are going in the same direction and working on it already in their environment, in their country, in their um, village. Because I, I truly believe it doesn't matter how, how big, how, but the most important part is that, that you do something, that you do something together, but all in, you, in your country or in your area where you're living. And this is something that makes me so hopeful. And that's what I like the most. And this was my biggest ahas because uh, last weekend it was the fourth or fifth conference where I'm asking the same questions. And um, for me, it was so interesting seeing that there are so many people working already in, in, in this direction for a better future. Yes, of course, for our children, but also for us, also for our parents, and also, of course, for strangers, because today there may be strangers, but not tomorrow anymore. And this was for me, the, the, this is something where I'm probably so, so calm and quiet and, and just settled inside, because I know there are so many people out there who are going in the same direction as me for a better future. And by the way, the French savoir vivre. Enjoying the living and enjoying the moment and enjoying the small stuff. When I found out the, uh, a hashtag called the micro adventures, I was like, I like it. The micro adventures. Yes. It's a hashtag and I, 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 I love using it because the small things in life can be very profound because most of the time they are for free 
but at the end they are priceless. Well, thank you so much. Is there something you'd like to to finish on, or is if there's anywhere people can find you if they want to follow your work or? Oh, I'm I'm a social media nerd. You only have to oh, put great. my name. <laughs> you only have to put in my name. Um, there's one thing, but I truly made it out of fun. So that's my micro adventure. I created on my YouTube channel. I call it the Fifty Shades of Aha. <laughs> Giving, I had so much fun doing doing the videos and also made a little booklet, which I have already, I think, in 11 or 12 languages. Oh, wow. and, and it's actually all about getting different views on topics which are so ordinary and most of the time have, have their own view on it. And I just want, want to bring them out and getting into a different... We are only in conflicts most of the time. When we, when we believe that our reality or what we think is right or true is the only truest. But Paul Watzlawick, he was an Austrian, uh, but he was also in Palo Alto, famous one. He said, how real is reality? And that was is actually the basic of my Fifty Shades of Aha. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fun. I, I just found it and I'm going to check that out. Yes. <laughs> Well, that was fun. We had some heavy topics, but still ended up still yes. managed to have fun. So I like that. That's a that's a small small moment to appreciate of today. Yes, thank you. Thank you for the possibility that we can uh, talk about anything we want. Thank you so much, Bernadette, for your time having this chat with me and being a guest on the podcast. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as heavy as the topic could have been. I think we kept it as lighthearted as possible with talking about COVID. If you're hopping off now, I just want to say that Bernadette's links are in the description and thank her again for coming on the episode. And I will see you very soon with a new episode. If you're staying for the updates, I will not make this too long, but I have a couple of things to add. This episode came out a week late because I needed a break and I'm currently a couple of days into that break. So I guess it's more a break from posting rather than a break from creating content. I don't think I can go back to regularly posting episodes yet, so I will be ending this season soon. I was not planning on the podcast having seasons because they don't have a theme. It's I don't know what will differentiate those seasons, but let's call those first five episodes the pilot season. And yes, I said five because after you listen to this episode, there will be regularly scheduled content on Instagram. You might have picked up on, on the schedule, which is pretty much every day there's a post and you will get a fifth episode that I will be recording by myself because I do not have a pre-recorded episode with a guest just ready to be posted soon. And I don't think I can make it. I do have a recording planned with a friend any time soon that we can schedule together. So I know I still have guests lined up, but I don't know for when and I don't know how quick I will be able to edit and transcribe those episodes. So I will close off this season with a fifth episode alone, not an interview episode. I don't know the topic yet. I might by the time this comes out, but I also might not. I don't know how long the break will be. I'm hoping no more than a month after the last post about the last episode comes out. So this can sound a bit confusing, but this is kind of confusing for me as well. I'm not sure when, but very soon. I'm not dropping this. I just want to have a pause in the podcast itself so that I can prepare a batch of content just ready to be posted and not stress about it. I don't want this to be stressful because it's a hobby, it's a challenge, and it's a personal experience. And I just want to make it as chill as possible. And if this was any other project, I would have planned it way better than that. And I should have. And I tend to be a bit late on things because it involves others. Sometimes I just feel like I'm stuck and I can't make plans to interview or can even reach out to find guests to interview because I get awkward and shy and insecure about it. So that's that's the big part of the challenge as well. But 
because of that, I've been late on searching for guests and then having a guest right before I'm supposed to put out the episode. And that's just not very practical for me. So I need to plan ahead better and give myself some time. So the fifth episode will be coming out in two weeks. As usual, an episode every two weeks. I'm going to keep it that way, hopefully. I cannot do any more episodes than that, obviously, since I'm already needing a break. But I also don't want to do any less. So hopefully, by the time I'm back, I have several episodes lined up and I can keep recording some as they come out and give you a new season of the podcast. I don't know if there will be more than two or if the second one will just go on and on and on and on or if I might need a break someday and close off the season again. In the second one, there might be more solo episodes. I'm not entirely sure how comfortable I am with it and how much I want this to become part of the concept of the podcast itself. But the main concept was an interview, so it was talking about anything we want, and that includes me, and talking by myself and taking up space without giving some of that space to somebody else in the form of an interview or a conversation is something I'm not super comfortable with and I want to challenge myself to be more comfortable with. So all that being said, this is not the final episode. The final episode is coming out in two weeks, but this is the final interview for this season and I will be coming back soon with more. So follow on Instagram to follow along until the last episode comes out. And after that, I will be informing you on Instagram of when the next season begins and I hope to have several interviews lined up so I can have a little trailer and all that, but we'll see. Let's keep it realistic. Anyways, I will see you very soon with the last episode of the season or over on social media, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, everything's in the description. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening and see you next time.